Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome in Atlanta Soccer Tonight, getting ready for the start of Season 7 for Atlanta United. It starts on Saturday. The opponents are the San Jose Earthquakes. And who better to tell us about the Quakes than Ted Ramey, the play-by-play voice of San Jose Radio. Ted, how are you doing? Doing good, Jason. How are you, man? I'm, I'm excited and uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm raring to go. It's uh, it's been a long off season for for both of us, so it's time. <laughs> yes, yeah. Th- these two teams come into this honestly. I feel like in really similar situations. I love the front four for both teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe some questions defensively for both teams. I-, I feel like it's really similar coming into this match. It, it will be very interesting because I think there's a lot of questions. I think that when I look at Atlanta, I mean it's. The big stories are, you know, no more Joseph Martinez and Garth is coming in and everybody's talking about what, you know, Tiago Almada can turn into. And I think with the earthquakes, people are wondering, what is Luchi Gonzalez going to do with this squad? Because the last couple of years with the earthquakes, it was an idiosyncratic style of soccer under Matias Almeida. And that came to an end seven games in the last season. And they switched to Alex Cavello, who moved to a more traditional, you know, tactics and man, not doing the man marking, but still after losing the first seven games of the season, they had to be very aggressive. And so there was still a lot of open play. So I think right now with the earthquakes, everybody's just kind of wondering what we're going to see from specifically Lucci's defensive system, because last year the earthquakes had score goals. It was defense. That was the main issue. And I think if they can get that figured out, then it should be a good team this year, definitely a better team this year. Um, And then, you know, obviously, um, Tell me, I'm working. Is it uh, Jacko Mats? How do I pronounce his name? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. This is going to be an ongoing thing. Um, he said it at his introduction. Uh, you guys will get to know how to say my name if I keep scoring goals, and hopefully he does. Uh, Yorgos Yakomakis. Yakomatis. Yakomakis. Yakomakis. Okay. All right. I'm, I was. I've been looking at it many times, and every <laughs> pronunciation on YouTube is different. Yes. I'm like, well, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all, we got all part it of from fun. him. So yeah, it's it's not hard once you get into the the feel of it. And again, like I, I'm kind of with him. If he's scoring like Atlanta United hopes that he does, yeah, everybody will will get to know him pretty well. I hope we have him this weekend because you're dealing with the work visa that Atlanta got one of their guys in, Luis Abram. He played over the okay. weekend, but Yakimakis, we don't know yet. Uh, all, all part of the fun. It's I think that's the thing that's amazing is like you hear about 
in other sports, a move gets made and then like it's done the next day. But then in international football, it's like, well, we've got to deal with the P1 visa. And there's always a hold up. And you're like, ah, this, <laughs> it's a lot easier when everybody is uh, a natural born North American. Yeah, you just never, never know. I want to I want to kind of get everybody caught up in Atlanta on San Jose because it's been a minute <laughs> since we've seen you guys uh, put a bow on the Matias Almeida era for me because watching it from a distance it was highly entertaining and san jose was my west coast watch when i'd get home from games Mm -hmm. but was it a little frustrating at times because it was so wide open yes uh for lack of a better term frustrating is one we can use and i always define it as peaks and valleys and before i go any any further one of the things that people always said to me was when we parted ways with almeida people were like are you glad that he's gone? And I was like, no, like I wanted to win with the big name coach who was known around global football and was wanted and everybody was in on him. And he was always a really good dude with me. And like you alluded to, it was highly entertaining soccer. Um, It just didn't work out, unfortunately. And his, like I said, his idiosyncratic style of man marking, you didn't really find that very many other places in, you know, major league soccer or global football. And it, when it was working, it was really, really fun. And I always go back to that matchup. Um, even when we were down a man with you guys in 2019, it was yeah. still like a really compelling match. I believe that was the game where Wando got his first ever red card from the bench. He did. And I remember Chris Penso, I was like, what is Chris Penso doing? Like, this is not when you red card Wondolowski. And I think, did Almeida get thrown out of that game too? He did. He, yeah. He got thrown out. I think Wando got the red from the bench. I was the same way. I'm like, why are you sending him off from the bench? And, and then I think Chris came out on Twitter and said, at least edited what he said to get thrown out. And yeah, he probably should have been thrown out. It was just so, it was crazy. It was like, what is going on right now? But wild that, game. It was, a, it was a fun game. And I feel like whenever San Jose and Atlanta play, it's been a really fun game yeah. in general. But, you know, the, the bow on the Matias Almeida era is that unfortunately it didn't work. You know, I, there's, because we could go on a long, long conversation about every aspect of it. And, um, you know, it was it was very, when it worked, it was really, really fun. When it didn't work, you know, we were losing 7-1 to the Sounders. And so, you you know, juxtapose those two wild ends of the spectrum and you dealt with a lot of both. And then eventually just the league kind of caught on and it wasn't working as well. And, you know, it was clear that he wanted out and it didn't end up working. But I mean, that's, it's just funny because people will be like, oh, are you glad he's gone? I was like, no, like it was fun. Like having a big name like that was really fun. And I mean, you guys saw it too when you've had big name head coaches and such, like you like having those big names associated with you, but yeah, it's, um, it's a chapter that's in the past now. It's, I have nothing but fond memories because it was so wild one week to the next and one match to the next. Um, but it also brings us to the precipice of, you know, this new era starting on Saturday under Luchi Gonzalez. Yeah, and Lucci feels like he's tailor-made for where the Quakes are right now with all this young talent coming through. Mm -hmm. We saw what Gonzalez did in Dallas with that young talent. Feels like a perfect fit, doesn't it? It does, and he was the academy director in Dallas for about a decade before he took over as the head coach. And in my opinion, I think that he did his job a little bit too well because he developed these young talents. They sold them off, and then they didn't replace them in his final year, so he got the ax there, ended up going to the national team, and Dallas brought in a new head coach after that, and they had success after spending money on players. So I think that was – it didn't paint him in the best light. I think think that – I won't say a raw deal, but it was like he was so good at his job that when his talent was depleted, it seemed like he was held to an unfair standard. But, again, that's just one man's opinion. Um, but, you know, 
in terms of what we know about his development, where the earthquakes are with lung talents like Cruz Medina, who's been having you know high levels of success, hat tricks with the U-17s. We look at where you get players like Cade Cowell, who's 19 now, and he's got incredible athletic ability and just all the skill in the world. He just kind of needs to marry, marry it all together because you can tell that it's not, you know, it, it doesn't all fit perfectly with Cal yet. He's got tons of ability. It just seems like he doesn't know how to master its usage all, entirely yet. So once that happens, you're really excited about that. Um, and, you know, you got Nico Chakiris, another young talent yeah. who seems like he's ready to take it to that next level. So you look at those aspects combined with some of the talents that the Earthquakes have. And it's interesting looking at their roster right now, because if you go up top with Jeremy Obobese, 17 goals last year, three assists, I think you can make an argument that he was one of the premier strikers in Major League Soccer last year. You look at on the right wing, Christian Espinosa, you look at what he's done since he came into the league in 2019. He's been one of the most productive wingers in the league. On the left-hand side, whether it's Cowell or Benji Kakanovich, who has been associated with Europe a lot in this offseason, a lot of potential over there. Carlos Gruezo in the middle. Jamiro Montero at kind of an 8-10-ish position. Jackson Ewell, more of an 8-6 to a six position. We're talking about players that are very, very good. Now, as I said before, the defense is the question. Previously still is. Nathan just goes down with an ACL injury in preseason, who was our best center back. And they had signed Rodriguez in the offseason or in the end of last year in the summer window. Plus, you have two other um, fullbacks, Trauco and Acapo, and we're kind of still waiting to see what those guys are. And so, you know, we know a lot about a Gruezo, an Espinosa, Montero, a Ewell, a Cowell, and a Bobasi. And the questions still are along that back line. Jonathan Mensa comes in from Columbus, who I'm sure some Atlanta fans are glad they won't have to see him as often because he's yes. such a talent back there. But, you know, right now, you look at what we think we know of Lucci. And it, this is the other thing, Jason, is that he keeps on talking about how he's changed since Dallas to the national team and his experiences there. And so I think that's what we're all waiting to see on Saturday. Like, what does the new Lucci Gonzalez team look like? Because before, I'm sure it was a bit more prototypical. And now I'm sure it's going to have nuance and difference um, that he had. And he he's consistently talked this preseason about what he learned being an assistant with the national team because it was his first time being an assistant. So um, long answer, but I think we're all very excited. And yes, Lucci does seem like the right guy for this particular moment in time for the earthquakes. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, coaches evolve. And I think that time with the national team will definitely affect Gonzalez and how he approaches things. Mm -hmm. And you're walking in the door after Matias Almeida and Covello kind of, you know, continued with some of that because you're midseason. So he's got a, a, a base that he's walking into that gives him some different tools to work with in terms of pressing and, and the way they defend that maybe mm -hmm. he didn't do in Dallas. I think that's one of the main things that we're all waiting to see is like, what are these new additions? And he, it's been really interesting listening to Lucci in the preseason though, when he talks, because he, he has several times made allusions to not being the same coach that he was in Dallas. And we've asked him, you know, are you trying to have the players fit your style? Or are you having your style fit the players? And he says, you know, it's all of these things. And I think that right. he's also made a big time emphasis on communicating with the players. And that's been a theme of the preseason is a different level of communication. And that combined with the fact that he's fluent and I mean, totally fluent in English and Spanish, he has the ability to, you know, impart his ideas in a really high caliber way. And it seems like he's listening to the players a great deal as well. 
And that's something that he's alluded to specifically with his time with the national team. So I think that we're all looking to see what exactly this turns into. And it's a big test on Saturday. It's the first game under a new head coach. And it's always different because I always, I don't bet, but I've always noticed like the first game under a new head coach, it seems like the team performs very, very well, but you never really know what happens after that. Like the first team or the first game under a new head coach, emotions are very high. Everybody wants to come out, you know, guns blazing, hot start, whatever it is. But it's like what we see on Saturday against Atlanta versus what we see in the middle of May or the middle of the August. That's the real question to me. It's like, you know, guys come out hot, of course. Well, what does it turn into in the long term? And I think that's what we're all waiting to see under Lucci. It's like the biggest addition to this team. And Mensa was kind of a replacement for Nathan with the ACL. Grueso really is a big upgrade in this midfield from what you had before. Yeah, he is remarkable in terms of like, if you see how much ground he covers, if you see the way that he can kind of make those line breaking passes, the way he can get in offensively, like he will play as the traditional six, I assume, because we need to learn exactly how um, Lucci is going to use Guerrezo, even though we can probably look at the six months they work together in Dallas. But I think it's very interesting to note um, what Gruezo represents, because to me, it's been all about strengthening the spine of the San Jose Earthquakes. If you look at the center back pairing before it was Rodriguez and Nathan, okay, Nathan goes down with injury, but they immediately bring in Jonathan Mensa because last year and the years previously with Almeida, they got broken up down the spine. Like teams would spread them out and run right up the gut. And I think that's something that immediately general manager Chris Leach and Lucha Gonzalez said, this is something we need to address. So you look at Gruezo in the middle. Now you have Mensa and Rodriguez, who we assume is the starting center back in the middle. And then you have Yule on top of that. And then you have Montero on top of that. And then you have Abobasi on top of that. Like that spine right up and down the middle was already looking to be more improved with the addition of what they had done in the offseason just to kind of bring in Lucci and be more focused. You add Gruezo to that. And it just seems like the earthquakes are going to be able to funnel teams a little bit more to the outside and try and not allow themselves to be vulnerable up the gut the way they were previously. And I think that's what we're most excited about is how does Gruezo anchor the midfield as a destroyer, as somebody who can move around and make the ball not come into the interior where things, listen, when, you, when the ball gets into the final third in the middle, that's always a little bit scary. I think everybody would always rather deal with you know a cross and defend from there when the ball's in the air. But if you can push everything to the outside, that allows the spacing defensively to be a little bit better. It allows everyone to be a little bit more comfortable, less emergency defending. If you want to know something else that defined the Matias Almeida era, <laughs> yes, it did. Emergency defending. So I think with Gruezo, we'll probably see less of that combined with Lucci Gonzalez. And again, combined with what I feel is a really strong spine for the earthquakes. Now, even with Nathan going down, immediately bringing in Mensa and having other good depth center backs like Tanner Beeson's a guy that doesn't get enough love. Um, you know, he was uh, one of the best collegiate players at Stanford. And since he's come into the earthquakes when he was drafted in 2020, um, it seems like someone's always gone down with injury and he's always been the guy to step in as well at center back and get a lot more starts maybe than people predicted. So uh, Guerrezo right there though, at the six, that gives the earthquakes a lot of strength in the middle. And I think will be a big part of allowing them to do what Lucha Gonzalez specifically wants to do. 
one more piece of that spine that maybe is a little bit of a question mark with Marcinkowski, the incumbent, mm-hmm. but Daniel comes in from Brazil in goal. Are you expecting him to be the starter? I don't know yet. That's the real thing. I think we're, we're all waiting to see. And you know, I, if I had to make a bet, I would probably bet on Daniel, but I don't know that for sure. I'm just going off of, you read the room. I like they invested money in him in the right. off season. And that's probably something you react to, but here's the argument I make. JT Marcinkowski had to deal with a very, very unusual defensive system. Yes. Like that's not what a, uh, what a goalkeeper usually sees in front of him. Now I'm not placing the blame on the defense, nor am I absolving JT Marcinkowski, but that was, and again, the word I use a lot is idiosyncratic. So I would like to see JT now with league experience, under a more traditional defense and see how that changes his approach. Because I think to an extent, there was a bit of a shell shocking. That said, if this is a guy in Daniel that they invested in and they think that there's a big upside there, then maybe that's the guy they go with. But I think that they wanted to create competition. And that was another term that we heard a lot through the offseason in terms of these positional battles, or not offseason, but preseason, was creating the competition at these positional groupings and bringing out the best in these players. And I think that if you have JT Marcinkowski as your starter with a more traditional defensive form, I think that's a good thing. And I've also, if they think it's Daniel, if they think he's the guy, that's a good thing as well. But I think that what they've focused on is the idea that these guys are going to bring out the best in each other. Um, and I view competition as a good thing. That's what you want all your players to feel like they have to be that much better. I know sometimes people can say, Oh, you're putting too much pressure on them, but I'm like, they, you know, the earthquakes haven't had winning results. That pressure needs to be there. These guys need to be their best. And you need to put forth that effort and show in practice and show in the buildup that you need to be the guy, whether it's in between the sticks or it's left wing or it's, you know, whatever position, like show who should be out there. And I think that's what this team wanted to determine. And so they created that competition. And we'll find out when the 11 comes out on Saturday. Left wing is what I was going to ask you about with Cowell, you know, trying to put the pieces together, all the tools. It hasn't always clicked. Mm-hmm. You, you can maybe say the same for Kikanovic. You know, is it a competition between those two on the left wing? They've both taken turns starting in the preseason. They have both had high caliber performances. I know that Benji is a little bit more safe and that he will I think Cade sometimes tries to overpower defenders a little bit too much, and it'll sometimes lead to him being dispossessed, whereas Benji is a little bit more conservative. That said, I think in Benji, you have somebody who's a little bit more just focused on scoring as opposed to Cade, where he'll maybe try and do a little bit more. Both of them have really high work rates. They'll sprint back and forth on D. That's not an issue. Um, And I think also Benji's a little bit older, and I think that's part of it as well. When Cade came in, you know, he was 15 years old. He's only 19 now in year number five for him. He didn't start playing until 2020, but this will be his fifth season on the first team. Um, So they bring differences and similarities. They're both two of the fastest guys in the league. They are both um, phenomenal athletes. And I think that one thing I noticed with Cade, especially with the U.S. in the January window, is that he just looked like he was getting to that point where he was slowing it all down in the mind's eye. Like I think with Cowell before is he would just be going so fast and he would get a little bit hesitant. Like he was waiting for his decision-making to catch up with his speed on the pitch. And I think if that starts to happen more consistently then Cade Cowell evolves into the phenomenon that we all think that he's capable of turning into that said, Benji Kikanovich 
he is a guy who has had, you know, four goals in limited time in 2021. Last year had six goals and looks like he is ready to have that much more growth as well. So, you know, it's a battle. I, I couldn't tell you which one I think if, if I had, again, I'm, I'm not a big better, even though I keep on using this. If I had to bet <laughs> my wife, she's just always, whenever I've had like small things with friends, she's like, you need to chill out. She's like, how much money? I'm like $10. And she's like, you need to calm down. But it's, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you think Benji is a little bit more of the complete product in the sense that he might be able to do in game one, a little bit more of what Luigi Gonzalez wants. That said, Cade's had a strong preseason and I would predict that Benji would start, but I'm not putting a lot of money on that prediction. I'll put it that way, just because Cade has looked so good all throughout the preseason and Again, it's a good problem to have. I'll put it that way. Not knowing which of those two presents is the better player right now. I think in January, on January 1, we all thought it was going to be Benji. I think now after the preseason, we don't know. So again, good problem to have. It makes me do that much more prep work on each of them. But um, I'm sure you can uh, appreciate that aspect. But again, good problem to have. I'll finish with this. Who's somebody on the Quakes roster that isn't getting talked about enough that you feel like, will be important in 23. Jackson Yule. I think that people forget everything that he did under Matias Almeida, under Matias Almeida's specific style. And he was running around constantly. He was starting most games. He was playing for the national team. Um, He was playing center back. He was playing 10. He was playing eight. He was playing six. He was doing everything. And I think there's been a little bit of a, people don't, don't love Jackson Yule right now. And I think they uh, do that because he was running to the ground over that time. Like he was playing as much as possible. There was national team, whether it was the quakes, whatever it was. And I think he got tired and I think his play suffered a little bit because of it. And I think last year when he wasn't with the national team, his play started to tick up in the positive direction. And I think this year under a less taxing system, I think we'll see the Jackson Yule that we saw a lot of in 2019 and 2020. Once again, I think he just got beat up. His body got tired. And I think that he's one of the best passers in the league. He's also capable of scoring goals. I think when you combine his maturity now with his experience and just not being maybe asked to do as much overall, I think that we're going to see the Jackson Yule that uh, we saw in the past. And I'm very excited for his 2023. Yeah, we do this thing in MLS where guys who get to the national team level, if they don't turn into a worldwide superstar, I think we just discount them. And Jackson Yule is one of the top players in his position in this league, period. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's phenomenal. My brother broadcast UCLA in college when Jackson Yule was there. And so when he got drafted, immediately my brother texted me. He's like, Teddy, you just got a player. He's like, that guy is so good. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. Cause you never know. I mean, in any sport, there's a lot of hype about any player. And then it's whether or not they can take that next leap. But his first appearance, he made a 40 yard dime pass on a diagonal. Everybody kind of looked at each other like, what was that? Like, it was just like blew everybody's mind because it was literally like the prettiest pass anybody had seen all year long. And since then, he's just gotten better and better and better. He just ultimately, he got kind of, I think he got burnt out a little bit and his play yeah. suffered. And then last year we saw it start to build back up. And so I'm very much excited for what he turns into this year. I'm looking forward to Saturday. This is going to be a fun one. Let everybody know where they can follow you and the content that you're putting out as well. Oof. Okay. At Ted Ramey media on Twitter. Also, if you search YouTube or Facebook, it's Ted Ramey sports. Um, and then uh, you can find the soccer hour, my weekly podcast for earthquakes and us soccer 
as a whole. Um, just search uh, KMBR's The Soccer Hour. And then um, if you want to listen to the broadcasts, uh, of course, listen to Jason first. Listen to your home broadcast. But if there's ever another game where we're not playing Atlanta, you can tune in and listen to me. Um, there's a link that I post on Twitter before every game at Ted Remy Media. Um, and you'll be able to find it there. But uh, yeah, thanks, man. And I'm, I'm excited for Saturday. This crazy thing with season pass, people will be able to listen to our home games in there, which is nice. Yeah. I'm waiting to see if it does work as well as I hope it does. It I don't did know how they're going to sync it up for everything, but like, hey, like these greater minds than me, it's above my pay grade. <laughs> I am not an engineer. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it'll be cool because people people want to listen to a home call. I mean, I listen, the, I'm sure the product on Apple TV is going to be great. Um, but at the same time, people want to be able to listen to their home call. That's a big part of North American sports. And it's, it's, you know, it gives guys like us something to do, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. We need things to do. Ted, thanks for the time. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. How powerful is Cox internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.